Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Welcome once again to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Life Study of the Bible is a production of Living Stream Ministry and features the ministry of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee. Witness Lee was saved as a young man of 19 in his native China. In 1933, he joined Watchman Nee in Shanghai, and they labored together in the gospel and in the establishment of New Testament churches throughout China, much in the pattern of the book of Acts. The work of this ministry continued in China until Watchman Nee's imprisonment in 1952 by the communist regime, at which time Witness Lee brought this ministry to Taiwan and eventually to the United States. He began the life study of the Bible in 1974, a comprehensive commentary of the entire Bible, chapter and verse, emphasizing the divine life. It contains over 2,000 messages, more than 20,000 pages of the rich ministry of life from God's Word. The Life Study of Acts is our topic today, and here with us once again to enjoy the riches of this marvelous, marvelous book is Dick Taylor. Welcome, Dick. I don't know about you, but my appreciation of the book of Acts, I think, is at, at least for me, at an all-time high. That's right. For me, too. We're going to hear reference in the program today, Dick, to a mixture that was present in the church in Jerusalem, even a mixture to some degree in the word of the Apostle James. We want to be clear, we're not condemning or criticizing the word of God, but simply looking at how the divine record, the the Holy Word, has presented the condition that existed at that time. What is this mixture regarding, and what kind of influence did it have on the early church, particularly in Jerusalem? This mixture, Chris, is really a mixture of God's New Testament economy with the Old Testament dispensation. It's a mixture of Christ with things that are out of date. Many things in the Old Testament, in fact, the entire Old Testament, with all the types and the figures and the shadows and prophecies, all pointed us to Christ. What was happening in Jerusalem was they were deviating from Christ and going back to the Old Testament things. This was a real shame to the Lord. I'm still reminded of Matthew 17, where the Lord was trying to train the disciples even before he went to the cross. He took them to the high mountain, he was transfigured, and a miracle transpired. Not only was he transfigured, but Moses was there representing the law, and all the Old Testament ordinances, including circumcision and all these things. And then uh, also Elijah was there representing all the prophets. Peter foolishly put Moses and Elijah on the same plane as the Lord Jesus, which is absolutely ridiculous. Christ is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament law and 
all the prophecies from the Old Testament. When you have Christ, you don't need anything else. In Jerusalem, you can see from Acts 15 and also then again in Acts 21, some of these Old Testament things were creeping in again, which really were just pointing to Christ as the reality. For example, circumcision. Circumcision was just an Old Testament ordinance, and the Lord abolished all those ordinances on the cross. The real circumcision is Christ and his crucifixion. Paul was really burdened to visit them and concerned for them to bring them back to God's New Testament economy, where Christ is everything. The apostles' teaching, it says in Acts 2, was what they continued steadfastly in. What is the apostles' teaching? It's the entire speaking of God in the New Testament concerning his New Testament economy. The center and content is Christ, and the goal is the body of Christ, consummating in the New Jerusalem. There cannot be any mixture. So Paul's burden was to eliminate this mixture, bring everybody back to God's New Testament economy. Dick, I don't know in how many messages we've seen Paul now going from city to city, synagogue to synagogue, and in each place it says he's reasoning with the people from the Old Testament scriptures concerning the ascended Christ. All these things eventually were pointing Paul to Christ, and this, I think, was really his heart to impart this kind of view and vision to even the brothers in Jerusalem. Yeah, that's very good, Chris. That's really true. Everything he spoke, even from the Old Testament, presented nothing and no one but Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to look at Paul's burden for the saints and the church and the situation in Jerusalem in this coming section. Let's join Witness Lee. Paul had a burden to bring the uh, financial helps from the churches in Macedonia and Achaia, that means in uh, Greece, to help those poor saints in Judea. Well, apparently it was so, but you have to realize since chapter 15, I don't believe Paul had peace about the situation there in Jerusalem. By studying Acts with all Paul's epistles, you could see a clear view about the situation of the Lord's New Testament move on this earth. It started from Jerusalem. It went to Antioch. Then it had a turn from Antioch to the Gentile world. Yet, at Jerusalem, the source was poisoned. This is a flow. If the source, the very spring or fountain of the flow, is poisoned, what will happen? Wherever this flow goes, the poison will be carried there. So she was not at peace about Jerusalem. I do believe he had a burden to help Peter and James to adjust that mixture in the church at Jerusalem. What mixture? The mixture of uh, God, New Testament economy with the old junk. Too much old junk there. There was a real foxtail. That was something too junky. That should not be there. And that should not have come out of the mouth of James. 
he was such a, a character, so influential, yet he held that kind of attitude. What could Paul say in that kind of environment? He took it, yet he realized the trouble was still there. The mixture was still there. That was quite an offense to the law. So he didn't have the peace, as we have seen already, whenever there was a chance, he would go up to Jerusalem to visit the church, to keep a pleasant relationship that he may have a chance to help, to render some adjustment. Dick, this is the second time now that we see Paul make a visit to Jerusalem when it was really not easy or at all convenient for him to do it. We saw this first in chapter 18 as he was concluding his second missionary journey. And now again in chapter 19. And his real destination, his real burden, was to go to Rome in the opposite direction. Why was Paul so occupied with staying in close contact with Jerusalem? The real reason for his burden to go to Jerusalem and his concern is because Paul saw and cared for and was governed by the vision of the body of Christ. He really loved the Lord's body. He hated to see anything happen that would distract people from Christ and from his heart's desire, which is his body. Paul was absolutely for the Lord's body. He was very much occupied, it says in the Word, in Ephesus with the Lord's work. Very occupied. But this is a a really neat verse in verse 21. He says, he purposed in his spirit to go to Jerusalem. Again, we just appreciate that Paul was a person loving the Lord, contacting the Lord, and caring for the Lord's heart, which is the building up of his body. And this is a reality in our living when we take care of our spirit. Paul purposed in his spirit to go to Jerusalem, which means he purposed in his spirit to take care of and build up the one body of Christ, even though he was so busy in the Lord's work in Ephesus. His concern overall was the building up of the one body of Christ. I appreciate the fact also, Chris, that um, he was really staying in close contact with Jerusalem because the Lord's move started from Jerusalem and eventually reached Antioch. The flow of the Lord's move went from Jerusalem to Antioch and turned from Antioch to the Gentile world. However, the source, the spring of this flow in Jerusalem had been poisoned. Since the source was poisoned, the poison would be carried by the flow wherever it went. This was the reason Paul could not be at peace concerning the situation in Jerusalem. His concern was this poison would spread through the body. The Lord raised him up to take care of the uncircumcision, the Gentiles. But he wasn't just occupied with so-called that part of his ministry. He cared for the one body of Christ. What a lesson for us. What a governing vision so that the Lord's heart's desire could be carried out through us. What a lesson for us to learn and what a pattern for us to give ourselves to the Lord and to care for his heart's desire. That is the building up of his unique one body. 
Boy, Dick, you get the feeling there could easily have been two completely distinct, separate things going on in the body of Christ had it not been for the, the Lord's mercy and grace to give Paul such a vision and such a burden that that not be allowed to happen. He was really governed by this principle of the oneness of God's body, wasn't he? He sure was. And Chris, wouldn't you say, this is the danger today. Everybody just cares for their own little ministry. But there's no building up of the body. That's why there's so much division. This is a shame to the Lord. Well, Dick, we're going to look a little more closely at what kind of person the Apostle Paul really was. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. I can see a broadened heart for the Lord in Christ. He had a purpose made in his spirit to go back to see Jerusalem. And from there, he has a forward view to go to Rome. He was very ambitious. Could you see his heart? You go to map, you see, Ephesus, in Asia Manor, was right in the middle, and then Jerusalem, right to the east, and Rome, right to the west. He had a heart, while well, he was working, and conquering all kind of texts at Ephesus, to cover Jerusalem, to take care of Jerusalem, and to cover Rome. He was great. I don't think any one of us would have such a heart. You may say, my, I'm too busy. I forgot to do something. I'm too busy. I have no heart for anywhere else. And too many attacks I have to encounter. But in the midst of such a situation, here Luke tells us when these things were fulfilled, Paul purposed in his period, to go to Jerusalem. And after going there, he would like to see Rome. Now, hallelujah, this desire of his was fully fulfilled. Now, he went to Jerusalem, and eventually he saw Rome in a marvelous and sovereign way. Then let's read the note, 21.1. Paul's purpose was to carry out Paul's loving concern for the need of the poor saints in Jerusalem. At this time he was at Ephesus, on his third ministry journey, busy with a heavy burden to carry out his ministry in Asia, and in Macedonia, and Achaia. Nonetheless, he still had a burden to spare a part of his time for the needy saints in Jerusalem when he got to Corinth and wrote his epistle to St. Rome, he expressed his purpose in this concern and begged them to pray for him concerning this purpose. Although he was an apostle set apart from God for the Gentiles, he was still concerned for the Lord's interest among the Jews. His primary concern was for the body of Christ, Amen. universally. His purpose in going to Jerusalem at this juncture may also have been to fellowship with James and the other apostles and elders in Jerusalem concerning the Judic influence upon the church there. The decision made by the conference of the apostles and elders in chapter 15 to resolve the problem concerning circumcision. 
should not have been fully satisfactory to Paul according to his teachings in the epistles to the Galatians and Romans. This should have been troubling him because of his concern for God's New Testament economy to build up the body of Christ. Dick, we can't help but be impressed with the kind of person that Paul really was. Here he's burdened, even charged by the Lord, with this great commission of carrying the gospel to the Gentile world, even to Rome, the very capital of the world at that time. Yet, his care and concern for the suffering saints and the difficult situation in Jerusalem really overrode all of his own interests, even his spiritual interests. You alluded to this a little earlier, but I just think it's a very touching point, isn't it, Dick? It sure is. He not only saw the body of Christ, but he cared for the body. Here are the saints in Jerusalem suffering economically, but his burden was to bring even some financial help. His heart was so large caring for the saints all over this earth. Again, I I just feel so happy, Chris, that we could be brought into this ministry to bring us to the vision of the one body and to care for the building up of this body all over the earth. Paul always endeavored to maintain the oneness of the body and to keep a pleasant feeling between him and the saints in Jerusalem. So he had an endeavoring. He not only saw the body, he cared for the body, and he endeavored to express his care and his feelings for the body, even by this trip to Jerusalem. He loves to take care of and maintain the oneness of the body. What a lesson for us. Well, Dick, we want to go back and look even more deeply into Paul and the kind of person he was. He was a person governed, and we're going to see, not governed by just right or wrong, principle or duty. He was governed by a vision. Let's join Witness Lee once again. You consider the situation. Wouldn't that be very hard for the body of Christ to be fully built up on this globe? As long as the mixture in Jerusalem would all the time exist. So this bothered him. He was not blind. He has a clear view about the Lord's New Testament move. This should have troubled him because of his concern for God's New Testament economy to build up the body of Christ. After he arrived at Jerusalem, James' word in chapter 21, and his proposal to him to participate in the four Jewish believers' Nazareth vow seemed to confirm this view. In studying such a book, like Acts, we must see all the crucial points of this transfer. That is, the transfer of God's New Testament economy from the Old. We must see this. Then we know what is the situation today. Where are you? We should go further. We should follow this one whose eyes have all been opened to see God's entire New Testament economy. I tell the truth, dear saints, in studying this book, I have no heart, no burden to pick up another point. As long as I could point out by God's mercy to show you all these crucial turning points of God's dispensation, I am satisfied.
I do believe this can study does help us. We are not doing a kind of ordinary Christian work. We are here in an up-to-date move of God's New Testament on this earth. So we must see this, that this vision would uh, carry us on and will always direct our steps forward in the right way. We will not be distracted. We will not be somewhat uh, held back by certain kind of blazing, by others doing, by others' prosperity, and so forth. Regardless of what the situation, we do know where we are and where we are going, what is our goal, because we have a clear view about the Lord's economy in this age up to date, because we believe that our God is still moving. We must be in his update moving. I don't believe within short time the Lord be back. I say this again boldly. Look at the situation. What is good here for him to come back for? He has to accomplish something to get his bride ready by the way of God's New Testament economy. I speak this to all of you that you may hear and you may know what the Lord is doing and where you are and what is your goal and especially I like the young generation to hear this and to know and to seek further and further that you will be fully kept up to date in His New Testament economy. I consider only this book can help you all. This is why I have such a burden. Well, Dick, in Jerusalem, there certainly was a work for the Lord going on at that time. No doubt there were countless people being saved. Many things were being accomplished in the Lord's name. But the Apostle Paul was really where the real up-to-date move of the Lord was focused. How do we measure today whether or not we are in God's present move or just in a general kind of Christian work? The main way we measure is by whether or not we are building up the one body of Christ and whether or not we're taking care of God's New Testament economy. As I mentioned earlier, the apostles' teaching, which is in Acts 2, is what they continued steadfastly in, and that is the entire speaking of God in the New Testament concerning God's New Testament economy, his plan, and including the dispensing of himself as life into the believers for their enjoyment, so that as we enjoy and participate in the dispensing of him as life, we become his increase, and we are built up to be the body of Christ. If what we're in is totally centered on this Christ, and carrying out his heart's desire, that is the building up of the one body of Christ, then we're not just in a common, general Christian work. But we are really in God's present move. So that he could have a body, he could have an expression, and he could have a dear bride who is loving him, saying, Lord Jesus, we love you, so that he could come back to this earth. Dick, let's talk about that for just a moment. How does this relate to the Lord's return? Uh, I guess we could say, what is it that the Lord wants to come back to? 
intrinsically, Chris, when you study the whole Bible, and particularly you look at the New Testament, it is a love affair. It's a divine romance. All through the Old Testament, the Lord spoke over and over again of this matter of his people, even being his bride, his wife, and he's the husband. The New Testament stresses even more. John 3.16, for example, says, So God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. And then in Ephesians 5, it says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And the Bible concludes with Revelation 21 and 22 in the New Jerusalem, which is the wife, the bride of the Lamb. He's the bridegroom, we're the bride. So the entire New Testament is a story of love. It's a love affair. In Revelation 2.4, the Lord's only concern, as he wrote to the believers in uh, the epistles to the seven churches, he said, I have one thing against you. You have left your first love. May we all be brought back by this word to God's New Testament economy, to this marvelous Christ who is the center, and even be brought intensively into a love affair with him. What is the Lord wanting to return to? He's wanting to return to his bride. We want to be those who are enjoying him in this love affair and being prepared together with all the other believers to be the bride of Christ, to bring him back forever. Thank you very much for some most enjoyable and I think it's fair to say enlightening fellowship today. I got a lot of help from this message and from our time together. Dick, come again very soon, won't you? Look forward to that, Chris. We look forward to having you back with us once again tomorrow. We'll have another recorded portion from Witness Lee, more fellowship, and Dick will be back very soon. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.